0: Wait, did you hear? (gasps) No. We're diving into the juiciest celebrity profiles of all time. I'm Beatrice Hazelhurst. And I'm Ivana Ryder. This is Uncover Girl. I have been thinking so much about something you said about Nicki Minaj last week, protecting your peace and whether or not that's a value of yours, whether that's something you care about and it's something you don't care about. I am thinking about it all the time. And now I feel like I'm ad- identifying it in people, celebrities, family members, where I'm like, you care about protecting your peace. You do not care about protecting your peace. And this this also something
1: really validating about winning, overcoming adversity to win. And I think many people value that above protecting your peace.
0: I feel like it's also a big red flag that I see in couples whenever I hear about couples who are so dedicated to protecting their peace that they never fight. Do you hear about this from friends where you're like, oh my God, we never fight. Yep. And I'm always like, now this is where it gets tricky.
1: Yeah. I. It's tough because Chris and I don't often fight. I would say we bicker but we had a, we kind of had a fight last night. He went away on a work trip and I watched Friends without him as like a background show. And this has come up before. It's like a running theme in our relationship where we'll be sharing a show and I will watch it without him. The trouble is he's never seen Friends, which in and of itself is criminal. And, yeah. you know, I feel like this is public domain.
0: I would agree with that.
1: It's a 20 minute sitcom. Nothing's really happening episode to episode. You may miss an A-list celebrity cameo, but they're only in it for 15 minutes, and then they leave. We were lying in bed last night, eye masks on, and he was like, well, I just feel like... And I rewatched again. Perfect. Everyone's happy in the end. The compromise needed yeah. to happen. But well, yeah, the, the amount of shows... Okay, so he... Last night, I also put The Devil Wears Prada on as background... While I was having dinner with a friend, Chris walks into the house and goes, "You know what? I've never seen this movie. Oh my God Gobs I think I or- have struck
0: I have seen that movie more than I've seen any movie. For you, it was research. You worked at Vogue magazine yeah, and I was obsessed with it before. I feel like if manifestation is anything, I definitely did it there because I watched that movie constantly anytime it was on, I'd put it on any t- like any any day random tuesday i'm I'm watching it. And it raised
1: us. I mean, it created our generation of women, which is like work from the bottom, baby, like give it all, answer an email at 2 a.m. You're never offline. Obviously, now that mentality has totally dissipated. But yeah, he walks in and he's like, I've never seen it. And I said, well, stop the presses. Like we cannot have this in the background. Like you need to watch it. He sat down and watched the whole thing last night. Also Vampire Diaries, also Gossip Girl, also The O.C. He was like, well, I haven't seen it because it's like four girls. And he said, have you guys seen, like, I don't know, Fight Club? And Chandra and I go, yes, yes, we have. We've seen it. So to circle back, it is really random when you meet a couple that truly, like, never butt heads, like, never come up against each other. And what scares me the most in those circumstances is usually the rolling over of one party or the other. And when I see it, either immediate concession or tiptoeing, I panic because I'm like, that's not a relationship I want to be in. Like, I want to be two equals, 10 toes down, up against each other when we need to be, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. And also, it is a rolling over. It doesn't go away. If you don't address an issue, that issue doesn't go away. It just, it sits somewhere. It buries itself until it's ready to grow one day into something big and tall and scary. (laughs) Scary. It'll burble into a little blister. That goes
1: unrevealed until it bursts. That's the scariest of all. I will definitely say something up front if I'm feeling any type of way. And Mm -hmm.
0: then I get over it so quickly. So healthy. That's definitely the way to do it. I'm trying to get better about it. I'm saying things in the moment. I'm very good at letting things go, but it's just usually completely a private act where I have to logic it out. Yeah. I've seen you really shut down in like our confrontations. The reason is because I never want to say something that I don't mean. And Mm -hmm. I just refuse to be careless in conflict. I refuse to say something because I'm feeling a certain way and make it someone else's problem. I think that's what I really fear when it's like, okay, is what I'm saying right now, does it make sense to share it with this person? What I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, if I'm hurt, does it make sense? Or am I just being careless and I'm just like, I'm going to say whatever is on my mind and then make it your problem and then now you have to deal with it. And I always just, I have such a hard time with that. And I know that, you know, everybody says things they don't mean in conflict, but I do, I just, I- as a general rule, refuse to. I just can't say something unless I'm I'm willing for it to be read aloud on my deathbed, and then being asked like, "Do you stand by all this?" And I hope that I can say like, "Yes, I do." Yeah, even though it wasn't, it may not have been perfect, but I meant it. I found it
1: interesting with you because our conversation wasn't even necessarily like I'm thinking about one major conflict in our entire friendship and partnership, and it wasn't even like a a blow up. It was a mediation, and but you weren't talking. And I was like, no, no, I want to have the dialogue, I, you know? And so it was such an interesting thing because it wasn't like yelling or passive aggression. It was just like, hey, I'm kind of feeling this way. I'm feeling disappointed, blah, blah, blah. And then you being so disappointed, but not wanting to express it. It's interesting. It was just a a totally different type of conflict than I experienced. Chris will go, his voice goes up three octaves and he's like, well, yeah, I just don't want to say that. Like, and you are just so really, truly stoic.
0: Yeah, I also think I get that way whenever I feel hurt. Mm. I need to like sit with it and metabolize it for a minute. And it takes me a minute to bounce back. That's fair. But I think that that's healthy because at least I admit to myself that something is making me sad or has hurt me in some way. And then I can move forward and actually deal with it in a healthy way versus just like getting a barrage of whatever is like mostly my mode of conflict is like I'm at fault for everything. So now... I try more and more to actually think about it and be like, am I at fault for everything? Yeah. Or what am I at fault for? What is hurting me? What's making me sad about this? And then speak from a place of like understanding. But sometimes it takes a while. Do you know the hardest category of people to have conflicts with? Mm. People who laugh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Prison That's time. really scary that is my trigger point. That is my kill switch. I'm like, I've, I can't know. It feels insane in the moment. You're like, where are you right now? What is going on inside your head? And like that often is the frustration of conflict is that you can't actually understand what's going on in someone else's head. And that experience is very frustrating where you're like, I know what I'm trying to say. I don't understand where you're coming from. And now we're in conflict. But then the laughter, it adds another whole element where you're like, are you? you okay? Do I need to? What's going on? No, totally infuriating. Speaking of
1: infuriating, can I
0: lead in? Yeah, you're inspiring me Please
1: hit, (laughs) Hit me with it. I think this is something that I've actually used before, but I'm bringing it back around because it's so real and relevant in this moment. Women's intuition. There is something chemical, biological, astrological in the ether where women seem to just have a premonition for pretty much everything it's just it's actually bizarre. I think it has to go back to our primitive time where they were just always on the lookout for a threat in any way because otherwise, like how do you explain this? so I'm gonna paint the picture for you. I go for after work drinks on a Thursday night with my beautiful new coworker Ashley, also devoted I go thank you Ashley thank you and. Ashley. Sh- we park our cars like beautiful street in the arts district, like very bougie neighborhood in Los Angeles, up and coming $5,000, a one bedroom. And I park pretty much directly outside the restaurant. We go in 5.30 PM. I come out at 7.30. We're walking and she's like, Hey, um, I'm wondering if you could actually just drop me to my car. It's like, like a block down, two blocks down, but I don't know. I'm just feeling really weird about walking alone at the moment. And I was like, totally. But my internal monologue was, well, this is actually a really nice neighborhood. And then she continues and she's like, yeah, my friend got jumped the other day unlocking her car in Atwater. And I was like, in Atwater? Atwater is so nice, so nice. It's very yuppie. And she was like, yeah, she got jumped. And I'm just feeling, I'm just feeling weird about it. I was like, totally. We get to my car, passenger window smashed, laptop stolen.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I
1: was like, okay, first of all, Ash, can you get in the back seat? Because uh, there's glass all over this front seat. Secondly, what in the world when you were just saying how uneasy you've been feeling, how you want to like be, have your wits about you, and we get back to my car, And the passenger window smashed, and I have been robbed. (laughs) No. Isn't that unbelievable?
0: Yeah, that is. Oh, God. I'm so sorry that that happened. It looks brutal. I mean, and just the rigmarole of it all, and the fixing of things, and the glass. No. Getting a new window is—it's sort of fun payment to make. Feels totally
1: futile, especially when you're like, "I didn't do this." That's the hardest part, yeah. To break I, solve. Didn't break like, it. I, I didn't, didn't break, break it. I didn't break it. But my god, the fact that these guys—presumably guys—don't want to, don't want to be uh, sexist here. Any anyone can rob the car, but um, the fact that they got in and got out by seven thirty p.m. and not only did they take my laptop, they took my electrolyte tub. What? $40 a tub, Ivana. $40. It's the only thing that gets me to drink my water.
0: I find the same thing to be true. And I'm becoming one of those people that needs like the Jolly Rancher dust <laughs> yes. in the water to, in order to drink it. And it's sickening, but it helps a lot. I drink a lot more water when it's pink lemonade flavored. I know. Why have we just regressed to absolute childhood where we can't have anything that's like unflavored? No, topping off our water with like a little bit of apple juice.
1: Yeah. Wrapping the broccoli in bacon. Yeah. What a, what a time. The fact that she truly called it. And honestly, I was thinking like, okay, I think you're being a little bit overcautious here. And I've always been that person that like doesn't lock the house is very mellow across all fronts security. That whole saying of like, I don't want to be a prisoner of my own life. That has very much been what I've subscribed to for so long out of a combination of laziness and, um, And mostly laziness. So I'm
0: still reeling. Yeah. One, a woman's intuition is more powerful than anything else that we could find in the world. And two, I'm also in your camp. But I also recently had a moment where I was like, you are being dumb. You're actually being dumb. I was in a parking garage late at night by myself and I was texting, like absolutely not paying attention to my surroundings, like texting, texting on the way to the car, dropping the keys, like, you know, basically alone on like the fifth floor of some parking garage all by myself. And I was like, this is actually when it ha- This is when they tell you like, you should really be alert and you should get straight in your car and you should lock the door and you should then drive away. But I just, I should be better about that. I could be better about that. Well, it's kind of a callback to
1: our 50 cent episode, which if you haven't listened to, that's one of my favorites, but it's just a callback because we talked about how rarely we kind of feel fair, but then I realize that there are subtle things I put in motion. Like if I walk home late from the gym or anywhere, I take the better lit route. Like I just do these things instinctively that, you know, I don't even, it's totally subconscious, but I'm not actually assuming the worst. There's no dread associated with it, but are you just kind of, you're just going to do it. But it is bizarre to have your worst fears confirmed.
0: Now what's inspiring you? Oh my God. We're taking a large jump. Okay. So I try not to be on TikTok very much because I find that it melts my brain. But I have been on TikTok recently and I have been served. I don't know if you are getting these videos, but there are just a bunch of girls doing these hauls of Swedish candy where they are just trying all the Swedish candy. And I usually like to stay above the fray, you know, when everyone is buying a certain product or whatever it is, I try to really ask myself, do I need that? Is it worth it? Is this going to bring any joy into my life? And I couldn't, I couldn't stay away from the Swedish candy. And I ordered candy from a Los Angeles candy store, soccer bit, shout out to (laughs) Wisconsin, which feels so insane and ridiculous. But I got this little thing for Steven for Valentine's Day. It's like it, this side is sweet and this side is sour. And he loves candy. He's a candy man. So I, that's how I justified it to myself. But I also ordered an absolutely massive sack of other candies. Everything. Sour shrimps. Little cola bottles with lemon. Lemon cola bottles. It's so good. And it just really reaffirmed in me that sometimes the girls are right. That no matter how, you know, blonde and silly they might seem as they recommend things on TikTok. Careful. That's Was that mean? <laughs>
1: Blonde and silly? I mean, we don't want to
0: perpetuate I just that be- stereotype. No, you're right. You're right. I take it back. You can be blonde and serious. Beautiful, blonde, serious women telling me that I need to eat this candy. And I said yes. And now I'm eating this candy. And it is so goddamn good. It There's nothing like like it. And I actually have used it as I heard somewhere from a psychologist friend or whatever that one of the most effective things that you can do if you're experiencing anxiety like if you have like a random bout of anxiety is to eat a little piece of sour candy because it like takes you out of your brain it does something where um you're having like an intense physical sensation it's like the same general idea as flashing yourself with cold water where it's just like ah, oh, like you know now we're back in our body like we're experiencing something in the body so we can't be as much in the head and i was i had like a random little like you know, like a mid evening sun is setting kind of like, (laughs) and then I had a little piece of sour candy and it worked. It honestly worked. I was, cause it's so sour. So take it with you. Take this, take this little piece of advice with you. Keep a little bag of sour candy around. If you're someone that experiences anxiety, because, oh my God, it worked like a little charm. Okay. I think we've gone too far. I think that's... Uh, Me being that like, get off your meds. Get off your meds. <laughs> we've got no, I fun. swear this to God. This is the
1: most woo-woo thing I've heard. It's like open an apothecary. That'll do it.
0: No, no. I swear to God that I have heard this from multiple therapists, like multiple people who have degrees in mental health, and I will find the backup. And if And if not, I'll eat my words. Next week, I'll come on and I'll say, I'm so sorry for the misinformation about the sour candy. All it is is just tasty. It doesn't help you. But I swear to God... It's been told to me, and I internalized it. Do you think that's for me? Do you think that's all
1: Selena Gomez was missing before that infamous AMA's performance? A tiny sour coke bottle.
0: No, I don't think that it would help you if you're like in the middle of sort of like a crisis. I don't think that it's it's not like mini coke bottle will stop a crisis. But <laughs> I think if you're feeling like a little stressed or anxious, if you have a little mini coke bottle, it could really help you. This is not the direction I thought you were going
1: to go. This is not. The way I thought you would be influenced also. You're a very
0: holistic Whole Foods gal. You don't do processed. Funny, you should say Swedish candy doesn't have any dyes or it's like it's obviously sugar. Like all <sighs> things are sugar, but it is of all the candy that you could eat, the least processed of the candy, which I also yeah. don't care. I love candy. I'll eat candy no matter what, but I was surprised to learn that Swedish candy is maybe even good for you, kind of huge. Okay. What a revelation. Definitely
1: inspiring. I love a very like tastes like it should be healthy but definitely isn't type of dessert like anything fruit related, anything OT. It's that's but that's not unfortunately it, that's not how it works. No,
0: but I I feel that's definitely the mature dessert choice. I like a double chocolate chocolate cake like the one from Matilda is sort of my main mode when I'm getting a dessert. Well, speaking of a man who's
1: incredibly sweet, who really is just a slice of dessert in every way from his music to his moves. And everything in between. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Ursher, baby. <coughs> okay, I need to say this up top. This is a back-to-back Vanessa Gregoriadis episode. We But just, we had no choice. We, we had, had no, no choice. choice. We had no choice. We just came off one, obviously, with the Nicki Minaj profile. And we're already in another one with Usher in a completely different time period, to be fair. It was during Vanessa's tenure at Rolling Stone. In honor of the Super Bowl, we needed to do this man. He's an R&B icon, legend, one of the biggest selling music artists of all time. But there are no good meaty profiles about him. And my theory for this is twofold. The way that his career trajectory has gone is that he had a huge rise in the early 2000s, like 2001 through 2004. Confessions was released 2004. And then because he dropped off until Raymond v. Raymond, which is like, OMG, DJ got us falling in love again. He just like didn't really get the profile treatment in a big way. And by that point in time, he was already extremely media trained. It was very like about the music and nothing else. Everything I read was honestly dry. And then his next media cycle has been this Vegas residency that started up in 2021.
0: And mm-hmm. that's where again, for he her got, birthday,
1: right? That is where Kim went for her birthday. You are correct. And yeah. And so that was the next time he got the full round of magazine covers. And again, kind of boring, honestly. So we had to do it. We had to go back to Vanessa. And I realize I actually haven't dived into Vanessa's career in a big way to just really set the scene as to why we cover her so often. Obviously we've gone into the fact that she has been featured in the New York Times, Vanity Fair, Rolling Stone. Like she is a big journalist. But her New York profile of Karl Lagerfeld, called Karl Lagerfeld, Boy Prince of Fashion, won a National Magazine Award. Her cover story, "Gorka and the Rise of the Creative Underclass, was a finalist for a feature writing award. Her profile of Ariana Huffington was a finalist for the Mirror Award. Her feature about the original New York publicist called Power Girls reportedly inspired the MTV reality series Power Girls. She then went on to co-found this incredible media company, Campside Media, Which is dedicated to like nonfiction narrative storytelling. If anyone likes like storytelling that is set to music, has interviews into cut, this is definitely the pod to listen to. It's called Infamous and she hosts it along with other journalists, which dives into like these internet gripping or forgotten scandals. I love it. I'm such a devout listener. It is so, so good and it crosses over with so many things in this profile, not least of which is her deep dive into Girls Gone Wild back in the <gasps> early 2000s. Yeah. She traveled down to Florida to interview Joe Francis to really like get the scoop, and I'm sure this was for Rolling Stone, but it was so chaotic and what she discovered was no less than exploitation of many underage girls who were non-consensually consenting to flashing their tits on camera or more. And obviously for no money or any, anything, they literally just signed their rights away to like have this one second with Joe Francis. So she has kind of touched so many different things in culture. And she is here with Usher in his biggest moment. The Rolling Stone profile is titled Usher's Wild Ride. Growing from hitmaker to superstar by way of Puff Daddy, ludicrous and a messy romance with TLC's Chili, a guy can find himself in a little trouble everybody say, yeah. Perfect. <sighs> the goosebumps are out. I am in an 80 degree room and yet I am chattering cold.
0: Oh, absolutely. I just have to say that I'm a tough laugh. I'm not really, you know, giving it up for everyone. Okay. I totally disagree. Made me. I think you give it up for <laughs> <to everyone. laughs> But you have levels. You have levels. Yes. I have levels. I've not, I mean, also for the written word, I think that's yeah. mostly what I mean. I'm not, I've, you know, I've read a lot in my day, <laughs> N- not enough, you know, never enough, but it takes a lot to make me laugh in the written word. And this profile did, it made me laugh hard, actually. The quotes are outstanding. And it is so yeah.
1: uniquely 2004. And going back into our archives, I realized. We've never done 2004. (gasps) Have we not? We have not. And it was obviously 20 years ago this year. And Usher having headlined the Super Bowl, I mean, his 20 year anniversary of a game changing album, Confessions. But 2004 was actually buck wild. I have so many notes. I have more notes than I've ever taken for any other era i'm gonna blitz through them as fast as possible okay top grossing movies shrek 2 and spider-man 2 what does that mean we don't know first same-sex marriage performed in massachusetts as the state became the first to legalize nationwide huge year for rachel mcadams who starred in both mean girls and the notebook jennifer aniston people's most beautiful woman jude law sexiest man alive Of course, honorable mention to Orlando Bloom, who was also in the Oscar-winning movie Lord of the Rings Return of the King, best picture this year, who got hottest Bachelor. Oh! Facebook launched at Harvard University, then titled The Facebook. Beyonce won her first Grammy without Destiny's Child, taking home five trophies after releasing her solo debut album Dangerously in Love. She, of course, did not win album of the year and never has even 20 years later as jay-z recently pointed out she says she stays relevant that girl j-lo and ben affleck broke up this year only to find their way back to each other britney met kevin fedeline and justin timberlake was dating cameron diaz which is a deep cut i really forgot about that romance
0: I can't. I can't picture a single photo of them together.
1: And neither can I. Yeah. There's also something about Justin that works with nobody. Like still Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake. I'm like, it doesn't work. I don't know what it is. From an aesthetic perspective only, they could have the most beautiful, loving, well-rounded relationship. But aesthetically, him and any woman, there's something off.
0: Well, I also feel like even if him and Cameron Diaz are the same age, in my mind, he's like 15 years younger than her. No matter what. I
1: know. Yeah, same with Jessica Beale. There's something infantile about him. And I don't think that's from the child star background. No,
0: like Jessica Beale's a woman. Yes. A full woman. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Prince William and Kate Middleton went public with their
1: relationship this year. They were college students on a ski trip and confirmed relationship reports. Basically, he got asked in an interview and he said, look, I'm only 22 for God's sake. I don't want to get married until I'm at least 28. Or 29. Me. He did. My quote. <laughs> <laughs> he did, in
0: fact, marry her at age 28. So the man called wow. it. Have you seen those photos of them from this era when they first started dating where she has written king on his chest? And he it's has, not like, his real. Shirt button button? It's not real. It's staged. Oh, it's my. staged
1: by a celebrity like lookalike photographer. He, they did it <gasps> with a bunch of different celebrities. Yeah. it's But it's fake. But it looks incredible. Perfect imitators of those two. You just busting fake news as it comes. <laughs> Friends said goodbye after 10 years and so did Sex in the City after eight. But then they yeah, were they- almost immediately replaced by Desperate Housewives, which became like a national addiction. Maroon 5 debuted with This Love, shooting up the charts. Napoleon Dynamite earned a cult following. And uh, who could forget the 2004 halftime show, which starred... Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake when he was supposed to rip away a piece of her bodice to reveal a red lace bra, allegedly, and instead exposed her bare breast with a nipple cover on top. This basically put her on the stake. She had to publicly apologize. She had to even make a disclaimer that Alexander McQueen who designed her outfit like had nothing to do with this quote unquote, like wardrobe malfunction. She had to literally cover every single base at the same time. There were all these media diversion theories that basically this was all a big ploy to draw attention away from Bush in Iraq. And Justin really only talked about it. I think on the Grammys red carpet or it was a red carpet interview, I think. And he said his thought was, Oh my God. Oh my God. He said, I looked at her. They brought a towel up on stage. They covered her up. I was completely embarrassed and just walked off stage as quickly as I could. I'm frustrated at the whole situation. I'm frustrated that my character is being
0: questioned. Uh, Oh, oh. I hate it. I hate it. I remember, yeah, she was crucified for that. And in in such a crazy way, because in what world was that her fault? In what world? It wasn't like her
1: wardrobe reveal and justin was there he was very much a part of it and i mean obviously we're not saying anything new here he's come under fierce critique recently about basically never advocating for the female stars in his orbit but it's still just wild that that's how he would respond like why is my character being questioned this woman is the one with the breasts she's the one with the
0: breasts. (laughs) yeah it's just like if i were to pants someone and then the whole world would be like how could you let something like this happen and it's like that was me i did that i pants that person that's exactly what it is
1: and the final chef's kiss of this year was that usher was the biggest
0: artist in the world with "Year" becoming the best performing song and remains remains that honestly i feel like i have not been in a club ever without hearing it at least once it's the gift that keeps on giving. It never, ever dates. And that is true of so much of his music.
1: But to give you a little background on Usher, who is, I have learned, one of the most incredible singers on the planet. He possesses a leggero tenor vocal range of three octaves. Three octaves.
0: That's Whoa. Almost
1: right. Mar- for a man that's like unheard of. And four notes, so they don't even leave it there. They're like three and a half octaves. By the age of 13, he set the record for the longest note ever held by a child on this show, Star Search, with a 12-second note. Like, one, two, three, four, five. Like, it's so (laughs) long. That breath control,
0: I can't even comprehend. No way. But, of course, it makes sense. I guess – I just didn't associate these incredible things with him necessarily. But of course, you hear it in his music that he can
1: has an incredible range. So this all came out of church, basically. He was raised in Tennessee, but his mom moved him to Atlanta because he was just such a good singer. And he, she was like, he's got to get a jump start on this. She became a momager, which we also learn in the piece. But... By age 13, he had met Bobby Brown's bodyguard, which what a random connection. And that bodyguard became his biggest advocate. He took him around to perform in parking lots and talent shows. And then he invited Bryant Reed, who is the brother of L.A. Reed, famous music executive, to see him on Star Search. And that kind of changed everything. I mean, they signed him pretty much off the bat. And then... Things kind of went awry. He developed acne pretty seriously. He was going through puberty and he actually lost his voice for a minute there, which is so tough. That transition for boys, one of the most hazardous roads journeyed for singers. Like You can have a voice of an angel and wake up and you are Jason Momoa on a Sunday afternoon. Why did I go to Jason Momoa? He's know, just there. Take it so. away.
0: Yeah. Being dune tonight. So I'm, I'm about to see him. Oh, I
1: a little will. bit of Timmy, a little bit of Austin Butler. Oh, great. Right. Gang's all there. And um, it's during this time period that he met his girlfriend, Chili, of TLC. And obviously, TLC was like the biggest girl group outside of Destiny's Child. But he released his first self titled album in 1994 and he was only 15. And there is immediate public backlash because he was 15 and singing about sex. And I mean, since. And basically this was the first time Usher became so synonymous with sex that this concept of being like a sex symbol has like since followed him his entire career and people are obsessed with him being sexy. So Fusion said he was one of the greatest R&B sex symbols of the past 20 years, paving the way for Chris Brown, Trey Songs, and Justin Bieber. VH1 considered him the sexiest male performer to ever walk the stage. People magazine Oh my God. Asha, the sexiest R&B star in 1998. People have just called him sexy his whole life, which I actually can't imagine. Like, how sick to be like, that's your identifier. That's what you're known for. Like, do you know Ivana? She's like the sexiest girl I think I've ever met. I can't, that's too intoxicating to even think about for a minute. Don't entertain it. Don't dwell. That's <laughs> so cool. So this was the hardest part is when he eventually got married. And I cannot believe this got published in the New Yorker magazine. Sasha Freya Jones wrote the challenge here is to be convinced that he is a married and responsible man and still be sexy. So she's like, don't take him away from us. The man is made to be an eternal bachelor. He is sexy as all hell.
0: Wow. Um,
1: and then he was named the Hot 100 artist of the 2000s by Billboard stating Usher's sexy brand of R&B dominated the last decade with top-selling albums and more number ones than any other act. He sold 20 million copies worldwide of Confessions, which became like the top solo album. His break even, which was this album in 2001, 8701. Had you remind me, had you got it bad, like topped the Billboard Hot 100 for four and six weeks, certified now five times platinum. Like he really has from the jump been so successful like so successful like I don't think I realized his cultural footprint until doing this research it was like he's obviously been woven into the fabric of our lives in so many ways through club jams through number ones through growing up with now this is what I call music albums
0: he was absolutely massive so he is totally not a random choice for the Super Bowl I feel like I've heard people say why Usher how how funny to bring him back no, it's,
1: I can't believe he hasn't done it sooner, honestly. And I think it is just the back of the Vegas residency and how much that has truly killed. But without further ado, I got to get into this because, my God, it's good. I very rarely pull quote a piece with huge chunks of text. Like I'm pulling full paragraphs to read
0: aloud because you can't look away for a second. You can't even blink. I know. No, this is i don't know how you could pick as i read i said oh god how will she parse through this to choose what to (laughs) highlight and what not to highlight it begins thus usher rips a baseball cap
1: off his head smacks it down on a dressing room countertop and growls fuck this motherfucking shit a minute ago he pulled up in his silver Hummer to the fox theater the ornate 1920s palace in downtown atlanta to begin filming a video for his summer tour. And suddenly he started ranting and raving, then sprinted up four flights of stairs to this lounge, three paunchy crew guys trailing as he went by in a blur. Motherfuckers in here now, Usher yells. Your Honor, that's the intro. (laughs) It continues. I'm here late, for real, and still nothing's organized, he says. His normally adorable face, still childlike at 25, contorted with rage. Venue's not what it's supposed to be. Dances are all downstairs and ain't supposed to be. As usual, everyone's tripping. I'm unabreast of the motherfucking plans. N-word's got to do what an N-word's got to do. Again, it's always weird to see the N-word in a profile. You always forget. He grabs his hat and kicks the door open. I be out. Then he pops back in, smiling a goofy grin. April Fools!
0: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. To be at that level and just pranking. Just pranking. <laughs> For one, the line, I'm unabreast of the motherfucking plans, will be <laughs> will be coming into my lexicon. When I read that, I said, whoa, I have to write that down. I have to remember that. That's my new line. That's, that's coming up all the time.
1: Steven pushes a dinner reservation forward. You say, I'm unabreast of the motherfucking plans. <sighs> Perfect. Unabreast. Brilliant. If
0: someone puts a Zoom call on your calendar. Suddenly you're unabreast of the motherfucking plans. Me sending an email. <laughs> Hi. Seems <laughs> that I found myself unabreast <laughs> of the motherfucking plans. <laughs> <laughs> so Vanessa continues, the April Fool's punking. And I
1: want to also note the word of punking that has already made it into the cultural lexicon, to use your word, at this point in time. So Ashton's impact. The April Fool's punking has been going on all day. First, Usher called his A&R rep and said... A producer he once had beef with had come by his house with a baseball bat and smashed his elaborate glass plate front door. So he'd grabbed a gun and was driving over to his house. I'm going to handle this like a real man. I'm going to kill this dude. Next, he called a friend and told him that he was about to commit suicide because of all the pressure of his career. Then... He told his mother, who is also his manager, that he wouldn't drive an Aston Martin in the tour video as planned unless he had an endorsement deal. Aston Martin think they're going to use me? Use me? I don't think so. He even called his publicist and said he didn't want to do this story. I've sold millions of albums in my time and never been on the cover of Rolling Stone before, he says. Shoot, I thought they don't put black faces on those covers. Okay. absolutely okay (laughs) okay wait hold (laughs) on wait taking a
0: machete to his life for april fools like for the for the bit one of these is sort of like wow you took april fools very far (laughs) all of them together i'm uh, unbelievable behavior Okay.
1: The one that really stuck with me is calling a friend to say I'm committing suicide because of the pressure of my career. First of all, that's incredibly plausible. Many artists in his same
0: realm have done it before. Can you imagine being on the other end of that call? Suddenly, you have a human life in your hands. No, it's... He, he took it too far, I think we can say that safely, but it is yes. unbelievable also that he has been forthcoming about all, all of this, immediately, straight out of the get-go, even including Vanessa in to witness one of the pranks, which is him like losing his cool at his entire staff on a music video shoot. And involving her directly by
1: calling the publicist when she's already in Atlanta and being like, I don't want to do Rolling Stone anymore. And can a man really do this all on one day? April 1st? I, when did he find the time? When did he find... Waking up at 6 a.m. to call the friend, then his mom, and the gun. Yeah. He loves job. Oh, Stephen again. Oh, Thank bringing so a coffee much. like a good no, man. No,
0: Thank you so coffee. much. Hey, Stephen.
1: People loved him last week. People loved a little peek behind the curtain with uh, Mister Stephen Long.
0: I know. We got to get Chris on here. We got to get Chris on here.
1: He's always asleep when we record. He Unperfured. He came out
0: this morning. He was like what time is it? I was like, it's six
1: 30. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm, I'm prepping for the pod. He goes crazy and goes back to bed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like, well, I, s- yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He's protecting his peace. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
1: So Usher leans back in the dressing room chair, content with the havoc he has just wrecked his body cut like a professional tennis players hums with energy and he's wearing jeans slung solo low that you can not only see the waistband of his boxes, but can actually make out cheeks. I haven't heard a buttock referenced in a profile, I think, ever. This is the first time. And uh, it's uh, it stuck with me, I've got to say. Cheeks? Cheeks is fun. Cheeks is fun. <laughs> Just also the, the flipping of the script of like this young female writer kind of objectifying this man. I don't know, there's something quite delightful about it. Oh, yeah, I, I
0: revel in this. I absolutely revel in this.
1: So his personal assistant and best friend, Keith Thomas, starts to trim his hair and the room goes quiet. The buzz of a razor and the snip of scissors, all there is to hair. Then Thomas breaks it up. The best was waking up Usher this morning. He says, snickering. We were like, forget 1.1 million. You sold 2 million albums yesterday. And he was like, duh, I did. Usher laughs and then nods slowly, staring at his reflection in the mirror yes sir he says that's another thing we've got to work in just just say yes sir you show up to a party you're looking good someone says love the shirt you go yes sir that's even better than thank you that is the only
0: response from here on out it's a yes sir deal agreed sworn sworn (laughs) into this
1: so he has sold 1.1 million albums in the first week since confessions came out and that wait i just really want to double check something give me one second oh yeah of course Fact check away. I just wanted to... No, no, perfect. I just wanted to check that I wasn't misnaming the album. Um, Oh, no, you're good. So he has sold 1.1 million albums in the first week since Confessions came out, which Vanessa writes gives him some serious bragging rights. And he's not above taking them. This is just the beginning, he says, of the success of Confessions. His fifth... (laughs) What a fucking idiot.
0: No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) What a fucking idiot. Me? Could you not read (laughs) the next sentence? Do not talk about my friend like that. I was ju- I was second-guessing myself so much. I just, there's so much Usher research that I have here. Sometimes too much. It's like you're in a sea that you're wading through of like, okay, where was the thing that I meant to reference? No, it's like I've done all the exam prep and now here I
1: am sitting here. The clock is running. And what do I have to say for myself?
0: Yeah, sweating. This is the shaking. time where it counts.
1: I throw up on my new computer. So on brand. This album is the fastest seller since InSync Celebrity in 2001 and an R&B record setter. It kicks off with the uptempo Yeah with Lil Jon and Ludacris, and it's chock a block R&B from there on out. I must say, my proclivity to want to play every single song on this album, just, just DJ, just a session for the rest of the pod,
0: it's like, it's difficult for me to hold back i know and this hasn't come up since the justin bieber episode where we were sort of like to explain this we would just have to play the album start to finish but we obviously can't do that because we would be sued within an inch of our lives exactly right exactly right and thank you for keeping us
1: non-litigious ivana i appreciate it i refuse we can't lose everything to the law (laughs) but he says this is just the beginning i see millions of albums i see huge houses i see prosperity i'm going to be one of the richest motherfuckers in the world I've always been highly favored, which seems to be true. There is a reason I've been kept the way I have to make it out of the situations that men normally wouldn't have been out of with women.
0: So here we go. Out here we go. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Situations that men normally wouldn't have mm-hmm. been out of with yep. women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Record scratch.
1: What's he saying here? He's saying that He is so superior in his dealings with the fairer sex that he can basically navigate anything to achieve professional success. So while many other men might have been bogged down by, let's say, sexual assault allegations, unwanted pregnancies, marriages come too soon. There is nothing like Usher to really just swerve every time a hit comes his way. And this sets us up for one of the smoothest transitions into his personal life that we have probably read in a profile because obviously all the readers want to do is read about someone's personal life, but it's so hard to get to that as a writer, not only in an interview sense, but also in the writing process because you just have to go through the music to get there. And the great thing about Vanessa is that sex is one of her interests. She has a book about it called blurred lines. Check it out. But She's not shy with really leaning into the fact that this is what entertains her. This is what's going to entertain the reader, which she's right. And this is really what Usher is about. He's sexy. He sings about sex. He is talking about sex constantly. And she wants to go there with him just straight out the gate. So she goes, one of these situations, i.e., his situations with women, of course, is the one that contributed to Confessions' Staggering Sales, his breakup with Rosonda Chili Thomas, seven years his senior, the girl he coveted as the hottest chick in TLC way before they met. After they dated for two years, Thomas moved into his house. Then they started to fight over stupid things, and they finally broke up a few days after New Year's 2004. Usher says Thomas kept calling, obsessing over whether he'd been with other women. He previously said he hadn't, but she wasn't so sure. And then Usher says, now, I said I didn't want to talk about it over the telephone. So she came over, but I had to do an interview. She said, you run in. I canceled it and sat down. I didn't take the blame out on her. Say that she was a woman that didn't give me what I needed. <laughs> oh, oh. This is something I did, I said, and it was a fucked up decision. She wanted to know who and how many times and I said that's not important. Then she got on the radio and talked about it and I could not believe she did
0: that. Sir, what do you expect? Also so wild that we were talking about couples fighting in the, in the opening of this and couples that fight and couples that don't fight. The subconscious really was engaged, hyper-locked in that moment. I think a good reason for fighting is cheating. But the fact that he is not,
1: like, he cannot believe she went public about it. I mean, what else is she doing? What do you,
0: okay, we've both been cheated on, you and I. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you uh, think is
0: your... Oh, I don't know. Oh, no, have you not?
1: I don't know. I still don't know. Oh, you still don't know. No, I... He was asking girls out, like, over okay. DM. Always check the phone, ladies, if I can uh, give you <laughs> any advice. <laughs> Always check the phone. No, uh, this girl ended up sending me screenshots I mean, he must have cheated, but I don't know how he found the time. So I don't know okay. if I've been physically cheated
0: on. I mean, emotionally, sure. Okay, got it. Yeah, no, of course. I just feel like at that point, all bets are off. Is my personal. I think that you can do whatever you want after you've been cheated on to heal from that. Carte blanche.
1: You are free. You, I flush agree. the tires. You bust the window out his car and steal
0: the laptop. You, uh Yeah. Do whatever you want is sort of my understanding, you know, within reason. Definitely murder, I think. Don't. Don't do that. But other than that, it's like, if you want to tell his mom, tell his mom. I thought about yeah. doing that,
1: but I didn't. But I should have petty theft, vandalism, ostracizing him from all his friends.
0: I mean, there's many, there's yeah. many ways you could go and they are all valid. And Chili just decided to go on the radio. And I think that's within the realm of reason completely. I think... All
1: good. All good with her. Absolutely agreed. He went to work on this album, Confessions, and the songs were all about infidelity, pregnant mistresses, and he says we're not inspired by his private life, but actually by Jermaine Duprize, incredible artist and producer, who was going through his own challenges at the time with women. And the unintended result was Rosonda or Chili being suspicious about him, and that's the reason that they broke up. But then he also admitted to cheating. So it was like... I did a whole deep dive into it. And um, he, I guess, was alleging at the time that he didn't cheat and it was all about Jermaine Dupri, but it was all too close to home. And Chili was like, I'm out regardless. It's crazy. But he's still reeling from fresh heartbreak in this moment. On Atlanta's Q100, Chili told a DJ that Usher had committed the ultimate no-no. And then Usher then retaliated by publicly claiming that she had applied pressure on him to get married. Then he admits that he had thought about marriage too, telling Vanessa, I had a ring for that girl and everything. And she never knew it. He got a jeweler in LA to make him a 10 carat diamond ring. And it was right there in his pocket. And then he was like, something was not right. I felt like I was in the desert running and there was this mirage. It was beautiful, but it was like, wait a minute, let's make sure this is real. And keep in mind, he is 25 years old at this point in time at the peak of his powers. So inadvisable for sure to get married to an older woman. I'm glad you brought that up
0: because I was okay. ready to I was about ready to kick off. I feel like you and I are <laughs> you and I are in a feisty mood today. I don't know why. I was no. about to yell. I was like, "How dare you? I'm glad that you reminded me that he was 25 because that makes so much sense. Yes. Your brain just finishing developing that year. So, that's fine.
1: Also, and she's 7 years older than him, it's a whole thing, and she also has a son that's it's just it's just not meant to be in this point in time. And obviously he came to in that moment. Nevertheless, while they were having sex a couple months later, he did ask her to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing is that she replied, you coming on crazy, which I love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Who, who would earnestly take that seriously? And, and, Even wilder is his relief of him then saying, thank God she didn't take me seriously. It just felt so good, you know? And I had been talking to my friend who told me that's how he proposed to his woman. The best
1: response of the moment.
0: I'm on the breast of the motherfucking plans. Yeah. What?
1: What? (laughs) Him and Vanessa are now back at his house in Atlanta, which was, I think, once owned by L.A. Raid. And really shows his evolution as an artist and what he can now afford. But Usher is smoking cigars, getting his hair cut. He says, Let's do some wild shit with his hair, polka dots, something different, a mohawk. And then his barber's like, it can't be a mohawk. Puff already did that. <laughs> Which I just love. Like, no, Puff already did that. You can't no, you can't do it.
0: That's so There's, cute. That's so it's cute. cute. Him like it's looking so out for his friend in the way that friends should always look out for each other. Of like, wait, no, don't wear that. Like, he, he's like, it's just, already the reference been done. Is too close. It's on the mood board. Like, we yeah. can't
1: do it. You, everyone will know. And then Usher says, "Fuck that, young brother." Which again, he's just really giving us with the with the retorts. "Fuck that, young brother." He freaked it to look
0: all classy. We freak it to look like I don't give a fuck. The <sighs> amount of Lessons to take home from this. I can't, Uh, it cannot be overstated. Biblical. Like these are my new 10 commandments.
1: We freak it to look like I don't give a fuck. That's, that's going to be me from here on out. I'm going to stay abreast of every plan. I'm going to take April fools like it's
0: Christmas day. We really need to make sort of an extended list of all of the lessons, you know, all the, all the real takeaways. Like I'm thinking of you know, in the Shania episode where she said, you know, my heart has to be happy first and then my face can be happy. Things like that. Like the real true takeaways. Yeah. Nicki Minaj just listened to black women. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Seems reasonable to me. Yeah, (laughs) That's for the Patreon. Subscribe to the Patreon. We'll deliver you a 10 commandments from our favorite episodes. (laughs) Vanessa transitions beautifully here with one of my favorite sentences I've ever read. That Usher desperately gives a fuck, she writes, however, is not up for debate. (laughs) Despite his attempt to project an outlaw image, worrying impulses manifest themselves in small ticks, like separating M&Ms in different bowls by color, which he does to keep his hands busy when he's sitting around, or the need to coordinate the 50 or so pairs of jeans in his closet by fade color. That I'm attacked by. Who doesn't coordinate by fade color? Wait, I do that.
0: That's reasonable. Yes. Absolutely. Wait, it's you've got black, light wash, medium, oh. black.
1: <laughs> black to a light wash. My hair's raised in the back of my neck. Absolutely not. No, absolutely wait, wait, not. Wait, do, you, absolutely do not. you color coordinate your closet, your full closet?
0: I do by weight because everything that's hanging, I'll do like, t- like tiny little dresses, like tiny little dresses, tank top dresses, short sleeve dresses, long sleeve dresses, gowns. Whoa. Yeah, that's how I do it. How do you do it? In color. Because so I'm like, I need a
1: black dress for tonight. I go to my black section. Wait, I got my wedding shoes. Can I you? <gasps> Reveal on the. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Where are they from?
0: Shout it out! Kate, Kate Spade, Macy's. Oh, oh wow! I meant to show you this before we started recording because I like I like put it next to the computer to be like, and then I'll, and then I'll show Beatrice.
1: Oh, gorgeous! And they look so comfortable. Like they just look perfect all day. They shoes? Are- Can I see them I on a foot? They're like this. Oh no, I can't. See, no, that's a, that's a moment.
0: The it would bride. be a lot of money.
1: People would have to pay yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. That I could go straight to yeah. Feed Finder. I really was I like, like, it's the bride before the wedding day. It's bad luck. It's wow. bad luck. It's
0: bad luck. Get um, your
1: mind out of the gutter. You get your mind
0: out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is <laughs> it's you. Um, I think it, honestly, it's Asha that's got us here.
0: No, you're right. You're right. It, there's something. There is. There's a frenetic energy in the air, and it's sort of it's psychosexual in nature.
1: It is, it is, and I think that's also because he never leaves the house without carrying five thousand dollars in cash.
0: (laughs) 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 As well, and then it's like as great (laughs) advice someone gave me one day, and now I do that. (laughs) That's a a commandment for sure. He's like the best of the best taught
1: me that, and I'm like, whom? What? (laughs) Who was like five thousand dollars on you at all times in cash? That's really heavy. That's thick. That's thick. And you can't dole out that amount of money in tips. It's just not fiscally responsible. Also, I think it would be very difficult to do just regardless, even if you're hitting the strip club. I mean, that's a big night. That's a huge night. He also loves a hand sanitizer. This man, so COVID-coded. He was way ahead of his time. Ahead of his time on pretty much everything. He was like, you have no idea how many germs are out there. Think about how many times you grab your nuts, he says to Vanessa. (laughs) I know I scratch my ass, pick my nose. Who else is doing that? At one time, I wouldn't even shake anyone's hand. I'd just give them a pound. Like he'd just just be fist bumping, which I mean, do you remember the elbow bumping of 2020? Oh, I
0: hate it. An elbow up Mm. and everyone's face looking the dumbest it's ever looked as you're kind of like, oh, I know. Terrible time. Terrible time. Absolutely no. Imagine having to go
1: on dates at that time. And meet up for a walk around the park and have to
0: greet elbow to elbow. It's difficult. What we've lived through, it's sort of unbelievable. If we, re- we are definitely not. It's not fully metabolized. And when it is, I think we will all just sit on the floor and laugh for days when we really, really realize. Your what? house in San Diego being like washed away this week.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Massive flooding in San Diego would mean that the house we lived in during the pandemic would literally be five feet underwater right now.
0: You and I are just army crawling under barbed wire at all times. Oh my God. Car breaking? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Give it to
1: me. Wh- what's going on? Would love to be abreast of the motherfucking plans. I'll tell you that much. I yeah. If have, someone if- could
0: please make me abreast, that would be amazing.
1: <laughs> we go back a little bit now to like find out what made Usher Usher. And she starts off with his church in tennessee which he loved going to he actually wanted to be a pastor but he really loved women like from the get-go and i think like men of many single mothers they just they really they're they're a gal's guy he would be in church stealing kisses from all the girls crying if they didn't comply he was like i was a spoiled brat but the ladies liked me too and when his mom became convinced of his talent, that's when he really had to put aside the preacher dreams because she was like, I'm moving everyone to Atlanta. And Usher, like, believe it or not, wasn't into it. He was like, I was crying every day. I even like ran away with my backpack to the local baseball field and was screaming, I hate you. You took my dreams away to his mom and stepdad. Oh, it's so dramatic. It's like a, it's a true epic Also,
0: I've never met, I don't think, a child once who wanted to go into the church. I know. And we feel hard as a kid. And I feel like no one feels harder than Usher in some ways. But he did a sharp pivot. He decided to lean in. And that's when he basically
1: was like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the very best. Goes on Star Search. Bryant Reed, brother of L.A., sets him up with a deal at LaFace Records. He performs even for Babyface, iconic producer, who if you remember, produced Kim Kardashian's song, Jam, Turn It Up. Right up there with, I want to say, um, Mozart, Fur Elise,
0: and Jam, Turn It Up. Just yeah. together, holding hands. That's what you hear when you enter the gates of heaven, for sure. <laughs> the remix. The remix. <laughs> the DJ Airworm mashup.
1: <laughs>
0: Fur Elise and Jam, Turn It Up. As you leave this earthly plane,
1: <laughs> I, the way that I somehow know every single song that is coming, you know what I'm talking about, right?
0: I the do, DJ but Owe you Ma- know more. You are able to recall some of these sort of side characters of the early 2000s in a way that shocks me every time.
1: Well, I think it's because I've got a couple years on you. Wait. Pop, I got jam. I got feature electronic. beats. I mean, you can't tell me this doesn't slap. It's fine if I'm I hearing mean, this when on. I die. Oh, that is what I will be
0: walking down the aisle to at my wedding. Have you thought about that actually? Because <laughs> I saw someone walking down the aisle to video games this week, and I was like, Oh it's my god!
1: The Young and Beautiful instrumental for me. I've already decided. Okay, goes, that's a
0: closed circle. No one repeat that. It can't be like the baby name thing where you say your baby name and then someone steals it. It's, it's a no. cruel world. It's everyone, just like, we all need to have some integrity here. Beatrice said it, just respect that. Don't call your baby wolf. Do not take the young and beautiful instrumental away
1: from me. Honestly, I did click on it the other day. I went to the comments and everyone was like, walking down the aisle to this.
0: God, oh God. Do you have yours? No, that's the one I'm struggling with the most instrumental makes sense i feel like words can be distracting there are a couple songs that are special to us but it's like you know the words will sort of be lost we're outside it's confusing it's distracting but then some instrumentals feel not quite right i don't know that's the one we're truly struggling with it's a tough it's a tough choice and i'm glad you have yours sorted already it really does showcase your personality in many ways yeah Yep.
1: But Asha in this moment is very far from marriage. And in fact, he is remembering <laughs> when he was 15 and acne hit his face like a machine gun. Then he said, I got acne medicine that made it all light and shit, which I want to know what that was. I'm assuming. I think acutane, Accutane. But I, I got to yeah, think Accutane.
0: Yeah. Like it also makes you like very photosensitive. Accutane is a crazy drug. It's a crazy, crazy thing.
1: No, it's really, I was talking to a friend about this the other day that she didn't know that it causes depression, suicidal ideation. And that's what it's famous yeah.
0: for. Nobody told me that when I was on it. And thankfully it made it out, but absolutely was not brought up at all.
1: Her doctor was like, very rare. Only a few of my patients, but a few of someone's patients? Of that's not just a few yours? cases. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep checked in with your mental health. Yeah. Between his acne and losing his voice and all the rest of it. They threatened to take away his deal. And he literally begged and even punched the wall one night to try and hold on to it with a vice like Grip. He was like, how can you embrace me? Then all of a sudden, you don't even want to return my phone calls. The night I hit the wall was intense. I took off for 30 minutes nonstop, five in the morning, running, 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 which honestly was just my training for the half marathon. Finally, all out of breath, I thought, you know what? I don't care what they think. I'm going to win. And this is one of the most, I think, seminal lines of this piece. He decides to win, and he does. When he sets his mind to something, it comes to fruition. So he then gets sent to New York where he meets with Puff Daddy. He calls those days the hardest of his life. I had to knuckle up, figure shit out in New York City by my motherfucking self. They called him Baby Huey because he was the youngest member of P. Diddy's Bad Boy Posse. Puff introduced me to, totally, to a totally different set of shit, he says. Sex specifically. Sex is so hot in the industry, man. <laughs> I think sex is hot everywhere. Would you, would you not say? I would say. I would say so. I would say yeah. so. I think famously sex has been one of the hottest things out there.
0: Yeah, people love it. And they love to talk about it. They yeah. make movies about it. It's huge. I've heard people love it. I've heard that actually. But what I do think is interesting here is he talks about it in a way more sort of blowing the lid off the music industry because famous people do not talk about the ways that they have sex. It's like not it's not something they're ever discussing explicitly. And he is sort of here like, hey, were you guys aware there are wild things happening behind closed doors, crazy things. So I find that really refreshing no, I'm obsessed with it. He's like, there were always girls around.
1: You'd open the door and see somebody doing it or several people in a room having an orgy. You never knew what was going to happen. And he was like, but I didn't consummate sex until I was 19. Strange, but I'd never busted a nut before then. He tells Vanessa, I just do it until I could tell the girl was feeling good. And then I'd stop. Do you think that's true? I don't know. I couldn't make a heads or tails of it. Maybe it's one of those things, you know, when people grow up in like a naked house or they grow up seeing their parents doing drugs, they become incredibly anti. They're like, I don't want that lifestyle. Maybe that's kind of what it was. He was so bombarded with sex that he went a different route. I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah, I totally see that. That's a really good point. Yeah, that makes sense to me, especially from the time you're 15 on. Yeah.
1: And this I wish Vanessa had like touched on here is the fact that like he was a minor witnessing all of this, like living in New York with P. Diddy, it's really, I don't think it's cute. No, no, it wouldn't fly today. I mean, this really relevantly feeds into the next quote. At this point in time, L.A. Reid, who was his mentor, his producer... He, by the way, a bit of background, Ally Reid was the CEO of Epic Records and Def Jam Music Group, as well as the president and CEO of Arista for a time. But he was Me Tooed very hard. Yeah. It was him, Russell Simmons, Weinstein, like all these top level execs that went down when all these things came to light. But um, in this moment, Reed is at the absolute top of his game. He's produced two of Usher's albums. Then he went to Def Jam while Usher, like, stayed at BMG at Jive, his original label. And Usher's like, I haven't heard from him. And that seems to really grate him. He goes, what kind of cocky motherfucker doesn't return your phone calls? Come on. I mean, maybe he's busy, but I find it disrespectful. He's not even going to call me to congratulate me on my 1.1 million. (laughs) He's really obsessed with the 1.1. I'm like, I would round down, round up. The 1.1 is just not doing what you think it's doing. But he's like, before the news, during the news, after the news, not one call from L.A. It's cool. I'm not expecting one.
0: <laughs> no no worries. Of course. No worries.
1: It's like, I didn't even want you to hear from you. But since you haven't reached out, I think uh, that's not cool, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's like you ask out a girl across the
0: club and then she says no and you go, I, I wasn't interested in you. would you, you get that idea? Crazy. <laughs> it's so funny. That's my favorite sort of interaction that humans do.
1: Oh, dude, I got asked out of the gym this week.
0: Oh, huge. First Nothing time being asked out in like years.
1: That. But the worst part, I approached him, as we've done in the past, to work in on his machine. And then we had to talk to each other throughout our entire sets. When I was hit with the where are you from, I knew it was all over. And then I was yeah, stuck. Of Swapping out sets with this man, having a full conversation throughout, being like, "Yeah," and I just feel like the industry as a whole is just like kind of crumbling under the weight of just like late stage
0: capitalism. It was so (sighs) heavy and hectic. It's so so fun. It also happens really when I least expect it. Always. Oh yeah, when you're looking your worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. the The last time it happened for me was in a grocery store, and I was looking my worst. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I was seeing something recently about like the like a comfy clothes theory where men are more likely to approach you when you're in comfy clothes because it seems laid back and less high voltage to approach you as if, like, I can understand why someone wouldn't want to if we're in, like, a six-inch heel, like a tight skirt and, like, you know, hair billowing in the wind. Mm. It's like, why would you? Too powerful. Too powerful. But we have said when the comfy clothes are on, we're invisible. We're not being perceived. Yeah, I know, which is why it's always so, it's so jarring and so shocking when it does happen.
1: I don't know, single men weigh in. It really does feel like the time where women have to make the first move. I mean, Bumble ruined it for us, and then uh Me Too really like hit the hammer in the in the coffin. And now it's like, yeah, they they always wait, I think for us to talk first and like get a vibe. It's interesting, although I'll tell you, a very sweet angel of a man at the DMV yesterday saved my life. I went to renew my driver's license and I didn't know that you had to take a new photo. Oh my God. You talk about comfy clothes. I was in the same clothes that I'd been in at 6am, no makeup, like hair, whatever, just truly errands mode. And I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do this today. He said to me, you go up to the desk. You, he said to me, quote, you run home and get beautified straight, man. You come back by five, this was at four o'clock. You come back before we close at five, get your photo, go straight to the photo line. Talk about being abreast of the plan. Yeah. God was on my side. I said yes. I ran up to the I did the whole process. I went home. I put on a full
0: face, ran back, got my photo, came home, washed it off. My photo did not come out. Well, my photo did not come out well. I'm just oh. gonna say that. They did the thing where they zoom in too close. Oh, it's and too there's close. no way. Why is it chin up? Why is it ch- why is it cropped like this? and how did Kylie Jenner request like, can you back the camera up a bit? like I'm actually gonna I need like a full you know, I'd like a collarbone in there, which of course makes the whole thing make a lot more sense that Kylie Jenner photo is I refuse to acknowledge it as fact ridiculous. if this photo
1: comes out usable, I will be sending You'll a bouquet of flowers to that man, yeah, but I also was just thinking as I was driving home, like at the speed of light, thinking wow, my vanity really knows no bounds. Like if I was cool, if I was a cool girl, I would just stroll right on up and just take that photo, face be damned. But I was like, I just can't do it. I like cannot let go that way. I totally get it. I totally get it. No, I don't I don't think that's vanity. I think that's reason. And Usher is going to be one of the most vain men <laughs> ever where we find him. He is driving on the freeway now with Vanessa pumping uh, Black Eyed Peas Elefunk, which Canon album. And he gets a call from his mom who basically signed him up to do an awards show performance without asking him first. And he is like, you didn't even consult me, mom. I'm not doing it, dog. I'm not going to be part of your madness. You're playing this like a game and you just lost a round. You're not thinking what's good for us, Strategic moves, deliberate movement. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to talk to you later. He flips the phone and stares out the windshield. This time, Vanessa writes, he does not say April falls. Talk about being seen on your terms. Usher will not be seen not on his terms. And it's also interesting to see him actually, quote unquote, lose his cool a little bit here. Oh, you don't see that in interviews. They are always so on at all times. It's really. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Oh, my God. But this is the time we really get into it. We get into the heavy stuff now. Sex. So it's the middle of the night. She's still at his house and she starts talking about his sex life, his sexual history. Again, I cannot believe that we got this on record. Also, we haven't talked about music once. It hasn't been addressed. As far as we know, this man doesn't make music. All he does is have sex. That's it. (laughs) He says three women at a time. I know it was wrong, but it worked for me. He had one woman who was really supportive, like a backbone. There was one homie. You know, who's just like down, just like their friendship vibes. And another one where it was sex, sex, sex all the time. The song, You Make Me Wanna, which so good. The song's about leaving the backbone for the sexy girl, which I did. It didn't work, though. You can't turn a hoe into a housewife. The commandments keep growing. The 11 commandments now. (laughs) You can't turn a hoe into a housewife. We know it all too well. We've tried to do it. Just didn't work for us. Nope. Despite these fighting words, though, Usher is feeling lonely tonight. He is talking about Karan, the girl who he first felt comfortable with to finish sex. And on one hand, he has a tattoo of a K and a heart. He was like, I don't think it was a good idea to get her whole name. So uh, I can always hold out for a Keisha or something. Always 10 steps. He's playing chess. We're playing checkers. That's true. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> um so he's messing around in the basement recording studio with his half brother james and he sees a girls gone wild commercial come on so this is where we see vanessa's worlds kind of colliding dude they're really doing it usher says mesmerized by the image of two girls making out on the floor of some skanky bar where are these girls i don't ever see these girls i want the girls on girls gone wild come see me man Come child, see me, man. child
0: brain, child brain <laughs> at work. It's like, whoa! Oh, what's
1: that? He's now walking through the house, and so like we've we've. It's a sharp transition from uh, girls gone wild on TV and wanting two girls making out in front of him to seeing the room that his ex girlfriend's son slept in. And he's like, "It ain't easy to walk through this damn house," says Usher. To see this room, there was a warmth here that's gone. There was a lot of love in this house, you know. Aww, Usher. 25. Going on 27. Yeah. (laughs) At least. He's really let his guard down with Vanessa and saying, sometimes I wonder what would happen if I did call Rosanda or Chili. Would it become a good thing or would it become a bad thing? I think it's best that I don't call. She just sort of stays where she is and I stay where I am. And if it's ever meant for us to speak again, it'll happen.
0: And this does feel like a thought that you have at 3 a.m., which then Vanessa reveals that it's around 4 a.m. when he asks (laughs) if Like she'd like to sleep over in his guest house.
1: I know. I can't believe I would never stop talking about this if this happened to me.
0: No, of course. Of course. I mean, when Vanessa watches the Super Bowl tomorrow, or not tomorrow. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) As Vanessa watched the Super Bowl performance, she gets two days ago, (laughs) two days ago, she gets to know in her heart, I've slept in that man's guest house. I know this man. He, He bared his soul. He shared his heart with me. It must be crazy to have those
1: experiences because you do feel such a kinship with people you've interviewed. Like I will always feel that way about various rappers like French Montana or like ASAP Ferg. I will always be like, I really saw that guy for a second there. And to be Vanessa and have that with pretty much every A-lister on the planet, it's hard to wrap your head around. I mean, she slept at Usher's house.
0: Yeah, there is a connection there. It's sort of also... A, I caught you at this moment in time. The profile ends with Usher traveling home to Tennessee to go to his cousin's wedding. And
1: the way that Vanessa reports it with, like, had to be there type details of, like, Usher taking endless photos with his second cousins and blah, blah, blah. I'm like,
0: was she there? I don't know. I also did. I don't know. I don't know. But (laughs) I can't imagine coming along to a family wedding. Traveling to a
1: different state also, it's like, this didn't just happen while she was in Atlanta. Like, this is a whole nother situation. It's an event. This is all getting Usher thinking. Seeing this marriage, seeing this wedding in person, he turns to his brother and he was like, when I die, I want some specific things. Like, I haven't written this in my will, but I want you to be cracking jokes, having fun the whole nine around my casket. Matter of fact, don't even walk at a pace when you get off. I want you all pimp walking, you know, pimp strolling down the aisle. And then you have a big ass show and party with a hot artist at the time playing all the hits. And his brother's like, we are at a wedding, sir. (laughs) Why are you talking about a funeral? He sighs and shakes his head and responds to his brother. I got to think about a funeral because wedding ain't in my vocabulary. Wow, wow, wow. And you know what? He's not married. He has a long-term girlfriend who he has two children with, but he got married twice. Didn't work out. So this may be him from here on out. He's just like the eternal kind of bachelor, never to be put in the ring on it.
0: Incredible. To think how timely this is. This came out 20 years ago. Yet all of this is still in play in some way or another. No. And just like on a
1: professional note, I mean, obviously this is catching him at the precipice of the success he would go on to have. I mean, his album, Raymond vs. Raymond, had a slew of hits, including Hey Daddy, Oh My God, DJ Goes Falling in Love. He, you know, founded and signed Justin Bieber to his label, beating out Justin Timberlake to do so. Basically off the back of his singing, dancing charisma,
0: where Justin was like, actually like, you are cooler And he stayed in everybody's good graces, it feels like, throughout his entire career. He's also not aged a day.
1: No, he hasn't. And actually, you bring up a really good point because I want to talk about, obviously, so many of the men mentioned in this profile right now, from Puff Daddy to L.A. Reid. Any guy that has been in the industry for that long has skeletons, and most of them have come to light. With Usher, really, there was only this herpes thing. It was like a couple women being like, he gave me herpes or like he
0: had sex with me unprotected with herpes. It, there's, It's undetectable on any test. Exactly If you right. have an active yeah. outbreak, then it is totally tested, testable.
1: But it ends up that he paid the woman's doctor's bills, which again, I'm like, how much are you racking up for herpes? And settled a civil suit with her for 1.1 million, which really brings us all the way back around with the 1.1 million. I thought what a wow. beautiful way to round us out. I think a couple more women came out of the woodwork and then tried to sue him for $10 million for herpes. And I'm like, okay, now we're just, we're pushing our luck here, ladies. That is kind of the only thing that was really leveraged against him throughout the course of his career, which I think is honestly doing pretty well. And it's it's a shame because he kind of became the face of herpes for a minute there. But now he's happy. He's with a music executive who's his long-term girlfriend. And he was an early investor in Liquid IV. He wow. publicly supported the run of Hillary Clinton. So it's kind of all come out roses, like more or less for Usher. And I think what's so interesting about this profile is even though he's kind of chaotic between the April Fool's, between the truly screaming at his mom, like I, I like him. Like he's so likable.
0: Oh yeah, I like him. How much does this make you want to sit down with him? I don't
1: need to, I don't think. I feel like I know him now. I would love to share a cocktail and a barada. I don't know if it's necessary for me to interview him. I don't know if it's necessary for me to hang out with him. I almost want him separate. I want to enjoy his music without any further context.
0: I agree completely. I'm completely on the same page. A cocktail and a burrata, I think that would be great. A canapé. Something like... I just like him a lot. I like
1: him. I like his music. His contribution, I think, is unmatched in many ways. He did pave the way for a trade songs for a Chris Brown, for a Justin Bieber. I... Have a lot of respect for
0: Usher Baby. And I loved this profile. I loved it in every way. We really hit a steady stream of just bangers when it comes to the profiles. I feel like they've been so fun as of late. Completely. I don't think
1: ever have we said so back to back, like, read this. Like, if you're going to read anything, read this one.
0: I know. Our early seasons were oh, so. We didn't say it once. I know. We didn't say it once. It's interesting. There were a lot that we were kind of like, yeah, this is this one is totally missable, but I haven't felt that way in a very long time. I must say
1: there is a way that female journalists see male stars. She's something so exciting and fresh about it versus the other way around. They kind of take them down a peg. It's just exciting. Like it always makes for an exciting read because the curtain really does come back. I'm thinking of Justin Bieber and Katie Weaver. I'm thinking of Miles Teller in Esquire. There's a reverence that men apply to other men and these beautiful female stars that just kind of goes amiss when women profile men. And I'm obsessed with it. It's like there's yeah. nothing
0: better in the whole world. It's always unexpected. Something surprising happens. It's never boring. Never.
1: And you know who else isn't ever boring? Us. Our Patreon. Our Patreon. <laughs> Us and our Patreon. Go and subscribe. We are so excited to bring you the new commandments coming soon. There'll be a lot of pop culture content on the horizon. There will also be a Usher playlist to get you in the mood or maybe just as a come down from the Super Bowl. So we're so excited to keep supplying you with top tier content. And we'll be back next week.
0: Love you. Can't wait to be back. Can't wait. I love you. Love (laughs) you. See you next week. Have a great one. Bye.
1: Uncover Girl is lovingly crafted by Beatrice Hazelhurst and Ivana Ryder. If you want to get even deeper under the covers with us, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com uncovergirl or follow us on Instagram at uncovergirlpodcast. Rate Uncover Girl, write us a review, and share your favorite episode, Sean Mendes, Rolling Stone 2018, anyone? And we will be your forever fans. Love you.